Welcome back to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Grosek, and I'm going to do a discussion with Professor Selena Bartlett in the topics of uh, neuroscience and neuroplasticity, in which she's uh, an international expert. Um, welcome back, Professor Bartlett. Oh, thank you. Now, you um, are very keen on looking forward, not looking back in your work. We, we know the history of why people are what they are, but we can only go back so far. But in moving forward, you've developed the program Thriving Minds and Thriving Schools in Queensland. Tell us a bit about that program and what you hope to achieve with it. Well, um, it's, a, it's a co-design because every school is unique and different. Um, but the main, the main part is really to let's start changing the conversation from mental health and illness to brain health and fitness. And um, brain health is everyone's business. So what I mean by that, it's becoming everyone's business because we outsource the brain and our own power to other people and it's no one's fault. But we now want to bring that in so people can have a small capacity to, one, understand how their brain works and, two, have little strategies that they can apply every day that can actually improve their, what we called earlier, brain power or cognitive skills that are physical parts of the brain. And, and honestly, the first step, as I said to you, is working out how to um, turn stress reactions to responses, for example, so you can engage your prefrontal cortex, so you can actually say no to yourself and all of these things. And, and I work with uh, another amazing woman, uh, Cheryl Batchelor, who's Indigenous, um, who does a lot of neuroplasticity, cognitive training programs um, in Queensland alongside me. And um, what we've discovered, um, I knew this was powerful, but what we discovered immediately just after one two-hour workshop, um, teach, we were actually um, talking to 400 teachers in the school, and immediately we had 52 teachers and people come to us and say to us, oh, my God, I just flipped my classroom. I, that makes so much sense. And so I guess what we've come to see, Thriving Minds is not something that you just get overnight. It's something you create. And it starts with understanding how the brain works. And, it, and it's the teachers understanding their brain first, not just applying something else to the students to do, because that piece is really critically important. And the other thing is by working with the teachers and them getting to understand their brain, it has a flow-on effect because of how mirror neurons work. So teachers, are, students are learning from their teachers, they're copying them as the teachers improving the way they handle stress or coming more prepared to the classroom around their own brain health strategies, then that's going to have a flow-on effect to the students immediately. And then obviously we're interested in helping students because their brains are more plastic and we want them to be able to have the best possible life. And when we talk about moving forward, Henry, I don't mean it to dismiss anything. So I don't want people to think that this is a cure-all, this is what's happened in the past is not important, it's just not how I think. It's just what I'm about in my lifetime is just to show people the power and the beauty and the dynamic organism that the brain is and how to tap into that. And, and of course, lots of things have happened over many generations, which is why we have separation and cross-humanity. And, and there are lots of ways of dealing with that and places to go. I just see my role as a neuroscientist, is about demonstrating through our new technologies the capacity of the brain for change going forward because you can't change the past. 
I mean, that is true. <laughs> I wish we could sometimes, but we can't. And so when I mean moving forward, I mean I'm not trying to dismiss anything, and I think that's a really important point, or what other people are doing across this field. I'm just talking about what we have the power to help people with that, that has a big impact, and I feel like um, that's my role. Mm. To, to do that and it's and and it's quite a powerful thing and um it's i just love watching people light up <laughs> absolutely absolutely now our brains selena as you say are incredibly resilient yet so many of us and we see this in schools um not dwelling on the past but uh children even adults who are emotionally very fragile anxiety mm-hmm. something that's on the rise um mm-hmm. so given the the resilience of our brains, and yet given at times the fragility of us all emotionally, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, what's your advice? I, my advice is that resilience is a learnt practice. You don't just get born resilient. Some people do across a spectrum. Uh, the brain is always in charge unless we become in charge of it. And why we want this to go into schools and to teachers is because it's something that needs to be taught. You know what I mean? Like at the moment, neuroscience is taught as an anatomical two-dimensional thing. And I'm, I'm here to tell you neuroscience is a verb. It's something we put into action, which is what neuroplasticity is the outcome. But the practice is hard because of the brain's so old. And when you talk about fragility, you're just talking about a physical part of the brain that, that is basically in charge because it's, it's designed this, this circuit, these circuits in the brain, which are quite different between people, why, which is why everyone's so different, are designed to keep us safe and alive. And the reason people are maybe acting out a lot more um, at the moment is because of COVID. Now, now you, you say we need to treat the brain like a muscle. Um, there's a there's a very good explanation for that. You might like to share it. Yes, well, it's a dynamic organ. It really is, and it will do whatever you give it to do. And and if, and as I say to people, if they want to, I can tap into this to show people um, how it works. Like as I said to you, Henry, how does you, how does your brain work when it's stressed out? I mean, that's the first step is to help people understand that. And then um, it's it's just so incredibly important um, to understand that what we're doing, what we're seeing, where we're putting our brain's attention to is shaping the architecture of our brain. Mm-hmm. And it's passed on for generations forward. Do you know what I mean? So these small mm-hmm. changes you make to move it in a different direction, which helps to relieve the way stress has impacted the brain, actually then gets passed on for three generations too. Um, and why negative over positive is because the brain's job is to keep you alive. Therefore, it's always going to take in negative information at 10x the rate. And that's why COVID's having such a big impact right now. Mm. One thing, a, a recurrent th- theme through your work is uh, how we can often, with the best of intentions, self-sabotage uh, uh, diets, a classic, uh, and sugar, oh, yes. and alcohol. And and, yes. uh, you might like to explain that. Yeah, well, basically, I was studying that for a long time. I'm an alcohol addiction neuroscientist, and then I discovered I was actually studying developing drugs for a medication. <laughs> so alcohol, sugar, and that is actually medication. It wait, it's the way to relieve stress. So um, to just to make this come alive is I think about uh, 
finishing school around two o'clock, thinking, looking at the vending machine, wanting to walk past or not, um, depending on how the day went. Or when you get home, for me, it was like opening a bottle of wine or then it would go to half a bottle of wine. I had to get food on the table for the kids. I was running a big lab. And so over time, that went into my body and it was my brain's way of handling stress because it it increases dopamine, which are these neurochemicals that actually mitigate the impact of stress chemicals on your brain. So your brain's always balancing these things. And so if we're not handling stress ourselves, the brain handles it for us and that's the way it does it. So um, when once I got to, that's a simplistic way of saying it, but there's a definitely a circuitry in the brain that is wired together for that purpose. And that's what I've been studying for 25 years, more or less, trying to uncover that, understand it. And and the things we're really understanding now, which is shocking, is that the brain stem, which is the part of the brain um, that we thought, you know, isn't changeable, that it does get set at some point. We're now discovering, um, not me, but my lab plus many others, that part is really plastic too. So... Um, you know, that's what I mean by dynamic organism. Everything we do, um, even if we think we're handling stress, uh, the brain is processing it all mm. so in that old, old part of the brain. That's what we're here to do is to sense our environment and stay away from threats. And that's the primary goal. And, and as we get older, that's the brain just keeps doing that because we're not doing anything different. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So, and so that's the underlying mechanism which we need to educate people about because it's the problem, but it's also a great solution too. Absolutely. Time's got away from us, Selena. We could go on and on. It's, it's fascinating. But in conclusion, um, your own personal journey on the path to um, enhancing your own brain power, that hasn't been without challenges. Uh, reflecting on, on your experiences, what advice would you offer to the many of us out, uh, out here in the world struggling one way or another with life? Yeah, um, and I feel your pain. The ma- the one thing that I've learnt that can you can immediately put into effect, um, simple but not easy to implement because we're making brain change, is that how do you wake up in the morning? What's the first thing you do when you wake up? Is it to look out the window and think of three things that you're grateful for or is it to go to your phone and look at the COVID cases? The brain will latch on to the COVID cases at 10 times the rate of looking out the window to something good. Your brain is that powerful and it will latch on and it will set up the rest of your day. And I thought, no, it sounds simple, but it's the first thing to give a go, (laughs) to try to see how you can control where your brain's paying attention and that's helping to relieve the amount of stress that's coming to you, right? So we can't get rid of stresses, but we can definitely change the way the brain is processing it. And that's the power of individuals and human species of the prefrontal cortex. That's the power we have to change direction of our life. And that's really honestly the first thing that I did to get myself out of very deep depression in 2013, which I didn't think I'd ever get, and I did. And that's because I was not taking care of myself at all. Um, I was doing exactly all the things I'm telling you. And my power came when I recognised, I was fortunate because I've been studying the brain for 20 years at that point, recognising the power I had to drive the machine. And once you recognise that and you apply it, one, personally, and two, you're studying it every day in the lab, um, that's what we do. We now educate people. So we thought the world was flat. We now know it's not. So now we 
educate people about the change. Mm. (laughs) And I believe education is the key that unlocks all potential in the world and raises all boats across society. And that's why I'm very passionate about that. You won't have me disagreeing with you in in my role. Um, In thanking you um, so much, uh, Selena, how could people get in touch with the work you do and uh, the things you offer? Well, I have a Thriving Minds podcast. I have a website. It's um, prof, P-R-O-F, Selena, S-E-L-E-N-A, Bartlett, B-A-R-T-L-E-T-T.com. That's the easiest place to find all my videos, resources and books. And we're developing a platform, actually, um, so that people can access this, you know, information and application of the information on a daily basis. And we're still developing that. Um, But they're the best places. And there you'll find my email and stuff like that. Absolutely. Once again, uh, Selena, and and, and I think for me, uh, I think the, the, the greatest learning I've got from you in both personally and career-wise, is a message of hope. and We all need hope. <laughs> oh, totally. And uh, and the things I've seen change because of that. Uh, I, I really see how education changes lives. It changed my life. And um, I love teachers and I love schools and I don't think they should be responsible for everyone's health and well-being. But... Um, that's kind of happened now and so I think we have a a responsibility as a society to help teachers um, get this message to the students because their brains are the most easy to understand this anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So I think brain health is becoming everyone's business. Absolutely and might I just add whether you you acknowledge it or not yourself, uh, you're a great teacher yourself there, um, you're a great teacher yourself there uh, on, on well, I'm working Selena. on that. I'm working on that, Henry. It's a daily practice. <laughs> and you're, you're doing well. Uh, that was Professor Selena Bartlett. Listeners, uh, neuroscience and neuroplasticity. It's uh, it's the great new revolution and a message of hope in all of that work. We'll take a short break. Don't go away. 